Money is energy. It's like anything else in this world. It, it can move and it, it can be transferred and it's flexible and it's exponential. Hey you, you're listening to Not Yet, the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery. I'm your host, Paige Polk. I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist, channeling the powers of introspection. You're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to this beautiful new week. Ah, I missed you. And I'm really excited about today's episode because we are going to talk about money. Wow, I felt that in my stomach when I said that word, which means it's going to get real today. So what's the story? It's about being an entrepreneur. It's about trying desperately, desperately to have a full-time gig at multiple points in my life and it not really working out the way that I expected. And it's not just about having a sustainable paycheck. Yes, that is beautiful because I don't know about y'all, but my bills are consistent. So having a consistent paycheck feels wonderful. It feels safe and it feels like everything else in your life should work wonderfully if all of your needs are met. But here's the thing. The gag is your needs are always met. That's it. Yeah. Your needs are always met. (laughs) And I want to talk to you all about my journey with coming to terms with this and the confusing ideas that I've internalized from the world around me, from my professional spaces, even from my family in some senses, you know, Um, I say this, you know, with with love. Everyone is doing the best that they can. Everyone is doing what they can to share the information and the knowledge and the beliefs that have helped them thrive in the world, the people that they love. And what I want to do today is do just that, uh, share some of the beliefs and the ideas and the realizations that I've had about money, about consistency, uh, about creating the life that you love, that works for you, that puts you first and puts the way that your mind and your heart and your being function first. So um, let's get to it. I mentioned that I've tried desperately to have a full-time gig at multiple points throughout my career, and that is the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Uh And every single time, I hated it. (laughs) And I'm speaking exclusively from personal experience. I have no hate to folks who thrive in full-time, nine-to-five environments. If anything, I really admire you. I admire you for that level of... Like determination and also for the flexibility I think it requires in order to work the way that your body needs within a system that is structured without you in mind. I think that that's amazing. Um, me personally, I have been on a journey to figure out how my brain works 
Uh, and I didn't even know I was on that journey for the first five-ish years of my professional career. I was just like, what is going on? This is not working. This is the worst. Uh, when I would walk into work and I'd feel like I'd have to shut off a part of myself in order to function and get through the day so that I could have that paycheck every two weeks so that I could pay my bills and eat and pay my rent and occasionally do the things that I did enjoy that brought me life, whether that was going out to eat or uh, doing a hobby or some sort of artistic expression. It was like my work every day at the nine and five was funneling and fueling my creative endeavors externally. I, I heard something growing up frequently about how the work that you do every day at your job is to make money. And then when you have that money, you can do whatever it is that you want in life. Money gives you options is what I heard. And I still believe that. I still believe that money gives you options. It definitely does. Money is energy. It's like anything else in this world. It, it can move and it, it can be transferred and it's flexible and it's exponential. And it's like we have our own ideas of what we attach to money that are not the same for every single person or every single organization or every single corporation. Yet it is a constant, that sort of value that we attach to money is what we use as a society to get things moving. So in that sense, it's definitely energy. Uh, but I do not believe that you have to separate your love of life from your love of work. What has been really helpful for me is thinking about what I'm here to do. What am I here to do? What is my contribution to this great big world that we're living in? And I know for me, it is channeling the power of introspection to help reveal a connected, inspired, and love-filled world. And sometimes that shows up with my work. And sometimes it shows up in my relationships and sometimes it shows up with me meditating and sometimes it shows up when I'm at the grocery store and I'm having a really long conversation with the person who's checking out my apples, you know, and that is a belief that I have had to interrogate my entire career, my entire working life of do I separate myself from this or do I bring myself to this? And the decision I've decided to make is I'm going to bring myself to it. I'm going to bring myself to every aspect of my life because me at my core, I know that I'm love. I know that me, when I'm celebrating myself, I am being the person that is joyous, that's light-filled. And when I'm being me, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I want to talk to you all about forming environments and patterns that serve you and what that process has looked like for me. And let me get this straight from the beginning. I'm not talking about 
running into the woods and (laughs) never paying her rent again and um, living off the land because you can completely divest from capitalism. Like, first of all, if that is what you want to do, if your heart is calling you to the woods, do it. (laughs) You know, like that's between you and God. And I wish you the best. For me personally, that is not my vision. That is not how I will best thrive. So I will be with the running water and the plumbing. But what I'm talking to you about is not the same as wishful thinking. It's about, man, I hope this works out. And I'm just going to hope and hope and hope and hope and hope that it works out. And it'll work out. Like, no, 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 no. What I'm talking to you about is reevaluating the way that you think about money, the way that you think about energy, the way that you think about safety so that it's optimal for the way that your body and your spirit run. So uh, let's get into it. First of all, let me say I love regular paychecks. <laughs> ah, I love them. It When I get money in my bank account, like there's like a little spark. It's like, oh. Uh, one of my coaches told me about the origato method. Um, origato just means um, thank you in Japanese. But it also um, is a way for me to appreciate money as energy whenever I give it and also whenever I receive it and about seeing it as in constant flow within my life. So I actually started saying origato when I would go to the grocery store and I'd buy my apples. I'd start saying origato when I would receive money into my bank account. I'd say origato whenever I sent something over Venmo to a friend. I'd say origato whenever I treated myself to a green juice or an ice cream or whatever. Whenever I would give or receive money, I would say and still do say origato. It's a running joke in our house. (laughs) And starting with gratitude fundamentally shifted my perspective about giving and receiving and feeling safe and feeling taken care of by the universe around us because I saw just how frequently money was transferred in my life. It brought attention to how often I give and receive, and it also released a lot of the tension that I have about giving and receiving Um, money in particular. But when I started thinking about how often I was giving and receiving money, I was thinking about how often I was giving and receiving energy in general, whether it was giving and receiving love from my friends and family or giving and receiving honesty uh, from my colleagues or giving and receiving compassion to myself. Uh, It directly correlated with how liberal I was with all of the energy in my life. I, I, I was realizing that a lot of the stress and anxiety that I have held around money has impacted how much I can give and receive love to myself, frankly. And once I, once I got that one bubbled up to the surface, I was like, man, this is like a little deeper... <laughs> deeper than I was expecting, but you know what? Let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's go for it. And when it came to success 
in my career. I, I wanted to have freedom at the foundation of all of it. I want to feel free. I want to feel joy. I want to feel love. I want to feel expansive. And I started to realize that in order to feel that all the time, I needed to release a lot of this gunk that's holding me back about scarcity, about not being taken care of, uh, and really just about being abandoned by society as a whole. Like when we think about capitalism, it is not a kind system, you know, like basically when you don't have money to pay for things, shit sucks (laughs) sucks and so it is very easy to attach your sense of self your sense of worth your sense of value your sense of belonging to if you have money in your bank account or not like it's so easy and that is such a dangerous 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 idea because you are so valuable period You are so valuable. You have your specific set of experiences and histories and loves and talents and desires that make you you. And you are contributing that into this great big circle of life every single day, regardless of how much money you have in your bank account. And I am positive. I am positive that you are directly impacting the way that another person is living in this world that another being is living in this world simply by being you you're here so you belong period so when we think about money what's been helpful for me is seeing it as a tool and it's just a manifestation of all of the other energy that I'm having in my life And particularly about working a consistent nine to five, for me, I only speak for me, um, it doesn't work. And a lot of that is because I have been in this process of creating the optimum environment for my success whether that is my waking or sleeping hours, it is when I do creative work, it is when I do administrative work, it's the kind of team dynamics that I thrive in. I have been really interrogating what actually works for me in my brain. One of my first jobs actually was a part-time job. Well, I had two part-time jobs. Uh, one of which was working at an interactive documentary studio in Greenpoint in in Brooklyn. And the other was me nannying for a seven-year-old Ethiopian child in the Upper East Side in Manhattan. And every single day, I would take the train for about an hour from South Brooklyn up to Greenpoint, work for about four hours in this documentary studio, drafting copy or editing or directing video or um, collaborating with my colleagues about a new multimedia project that we were doing for four hours, hop on the train, eat my lunch, transfer two times (laughs) to get to the Upper East Side to pick up this child from school around four, three, four o'clock. 
And then I would hang out with him for the next four hours, whether it was taking him home or going to the park or helping him with homework or taking him to therapy or whatever it may be. And I would hop back on the train for an hour, hour and a half to get back to South Brooklyn from the Upper East Side. And the next day I would wake up and do it all over again. Oh, sounds exhausting, right? It is because it was exhausting. And... I know this now, but the reason that I was doing this is because I was determined, 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 determined to build my professional life in a way that was unique to me, unique to my needs, what I needed out of a career, what I needed out of my day, what I needed out of my creativity. Every morning I get on the train and It was an hour of no transfers and I would just meditate. I would meditate or I would read a book and I'd get off the train refreshed, ready to go after seeing quite a few performers on the train, doing some mariachi, doing some break dancing, who knows? I was inspired. And then I'd walk into my creative environment, which was my first job, and I would get to go in and I would do my creative endeavors in the morning. And to this day... It's true. I love creating in the morning. I'm, I'm recording this podcast right now and it's seven in the morning because that's when I feel most enlivened. It's when I feel the most inspired and it's when I feel the most grounded in myself and my like true, true, true creative intrigue. And about four hours in, I start getting a little tired. You know, when most people would have a siesta, I was like, all right, time to change jobs. <laughs> But like you had to eat. So like logistically, I would eat on the train, which was, you know, probably not the most sanitary because the MTA is actually disgusting. But you know what? You live and you learn. And then I would go to Upper East Side and I would hang out with this kid. And I love kids. Uh, I think that they are truly the closest thing to the divine that we have on this earth uh, because they just know who they are and they're here for it and if you're not with it then you're not with it you can keep it moving and I just respect that fundamental just agreement and acceptance of who you are (laughs) um and I would spend the afternoons with him because for me that was a different kind of my brain a different part of my brain rather uh It wasn't so much the creating of work. It was the unraveling of creative experience. It was walking through life and being mindful and being present and just taking life in as it goes. And even to this day, I have a mixture of both of those things in the life that I've created for myself and the professional life that I've created for myself. Uh, It's uh, a lot of creative input and a lot of creative um, exporting, if you will, and I design times for myself to be consistent in that kind of work. And that was not sustainable. I did that for about a year, uh, the, the two job situation, and I loved it. I loved it uh, because all of my needs were met. (laughs) I was funneling into myself all of the things that I told myself and believed that I needed. And to this day, I definitely know that I need. Um, But it was just about tweaking some things to um, prioritize my health, 
that was the thing. Prioritizing my health was the challenge there. Um, I was not getting paid a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> surprise, surprise at either one of these jobs. Uh, but my soul was fed. And so I was like, oh, I can do it. But like, here's the thing, like your soul being fed is awesome. But like actual food is kind of cool, too. So it was time for me to switch things up a little bit. And so I left both of those jobs and started looking for something full time. It wasn't that cut and dry. There were about three or four years in between that particular job and when I moved into a full-time role that I was experimenting with different kinds of freelance and um, entrepreneurial goals. But I'll just skip to the front because that's what I'm trying to get to. Because I had convinced myself that I could not create a life for myself entrepreneurially um, that would be financially sustainable. And that belief led me to uh, compromising on what I need for my soul. So not necessarily saying that working a nine to five is compromising your soul, but what I just spoke to you about, about having designated times for creative input and also um, exporting and also having time for like mental health and, and that space to give your brain and your body what it needs. Um, providing yourself with the kinds of creative environments that support you and nourish you, uh, the kind of relationship dynamics that are feeding you and all of your energies in multiple ways, um, and also prioritizing joy. Like I was not thinking about any of that when I was getting a full-time job. I was like, okay, cool. So I'm just going to walk in and whatever system that they have in place, whatever timing that they have for their meetings or whatever processes that they have for their projects. I'm just going to go with the flow. Look at me. I'm flexi Lexi. I will make it work. And I said I was going to do that and I tried to do it and it just was like, eh, 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 eh. I was like, why is this? Why is this so hard? Like, why does my heart hurt? <laughs> why am I exhausted? Why am I completely unmotivated? And it was so confusing because I consider myself to be an incredibly self-motivated person. Like the fact that I would jump on the train multiple times a day to work these two kinds of jobs. I was like, okay, of course I'm motivated. Look at what I'm doing. Like, look at what I'll do for the people and the things that I love. Like, of course I'm motivated. And then I just like swirled into this deep, dark depression. <laughs> Surprise, the millennials depressed. Um, yeah, so that did not work. And I worked at that full-time job for about three months, and I was like, I got to go. And even while I was working that full-time job, you guys, that is when I launched the first season of Not Yet because I was so intellectually and creatively drained. Well, drained is not even the right word. I was just understimulated. <laughs> I was so creatively and soul-wise understimulated that I came up with a whole other project to do outside of my work so that I could feel fulfilled. Like, I was creating events throughout New York City at separate social justice and racial justice organizations for mental healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, community gathering. I was, <laughs> I was doing the absolute most just because I needed for my own soul to have that creative output and also to, to feel that sort of self-direction. And that was really 
probably the first moment where I probably should have picked up that I'm an entrepreneur, um, that I, I do create projects of my own being and I just kind of go from there and make it happen. But you know what? Sometimes you got to learn the same lesson a few times before it sticks. Um, but yeah, so from there I went on to be back into the freelance world and I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. 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 And I did. Um, I, I moved to North Carolina actually at this point, um, for my mental health and I was determined to make this freelance thing work. I was like, okay, I, I have all of these skills and multimedia. People need media. This is the content age. I'm going to make it happen. And I actually um, worked with uh, quite a few people and quite a few organizations doing multimedia work, but I did not allow myself to launch. I did not allow myself to thrive in that dynamic because I was so afraid of money or not having it rather. Um, that was the thing that held me back. I can look back on that and say confidently that I was terrified of being destitute, which was not my reality at all. I was living with my fiance at the time. Well, she's still my fiance, (laughs) Uh, but I was living with her. Like I looked around and I knew that my family was not going to let me, you know, just like crash and burn. Like I'm so fortunate to be able to say that. And I also knew that I was living in a place that was a lot less expensive than New York City. And so I was like, if I can make it work in New York City, I can definitely make Durham, North Carolina work just because the cost of living is a little bit lower. I had some savings. Like all of the things logistically around money were on lock, but it was just the fear. It was the fear of not having money that stopped me from receiving it. It was the fear of not having clients that stopped me from thriving in the opportunities that I was receiving. And I don't know about y'all, but like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. (sighs) It's exhausting. Feeling afraid. Feeling worried. And for what? It doesn't help. But there are very, very real fears, you know? How do you reconcile with the systems we've built around money with the reality that your brain does not work the same way? And for me, the answer has been trust. It's been trusting myself enough to figure it out in all the environments that I can, whether that is when I am working a full-time job, finding the things that I can do that bring me life really looking into my body and and feeling, oh, when do I feel inspired? When do I feel love? And doing more of those things. It's about adjusting your schedule in the ways that you can. You know, like if there are ways that you can be flexible, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're freelancing, whether you are working a nine to five, if you can say, hey, I actually do my creative work three in the afternoon don't schedule your meetings at three don't block out time from three to five and it's just you and your brain and your pen and you're just going to go to town and it's going to be you and your thoughts and I promise you that that will fundamentally shift your relationship to work it'll fundamentally shift your relationship with productivity and creativity and it'll fundamentally shift your relationship with lack Because money and 
creativity and inspiration and love, it's all tied together. And when you feel like you're your truest self, when you're creating the conditions for yourself to thrive in your soul, all of it will come. And I'm saying this as someone who is building a business right now. And it is, you know, it's not all fun and games. So don't get me wrong. But also it is all fun and games. <laughs> like we're in the matrix, you guys. You can have absolutely anything you want in your life. Absolutely anything. It's just about releasing the fears that hold you back. And for me, a big, big fear has been about not having enough, about not being enough. It's about not being supported. It's about being rejected. It's about not belonging. And it's not a huge hop, skip, and a jump away from lack mentality. (laughs) My thing has been money. And... Uh, I'm releasing that and I want to help y'all release it too. So ah, let's release it together. If you have a roadblock with money or energy that you're working through and something really worked well for you, please share it with me. I would love to talk with you about it. Head into the DMs on our IG at Not Yet Series and I can't wait to talk to you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Not Yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk, and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olguin, and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.